Ron Ananian. You know, I always try to offer somebody the option the first time in of you can fix it this way, you can fix it that way, because it's important. The Car Doctor. Yeah, no, no, no. I remember it very well because this happened three times, and they said they sent the fill-in-the-head to three different machine shops to check and make sure that it was not warped. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's good to be here. And let's get our engine started. Let's go right to the phones. Let's go over to Jeremy in Washington, D.C., 2013 Chevy Silverado. Jeremy, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Just a quickie here. I'm wondering uh, what your experience is in having to turn or machine uh, new drums right out of the box. Like uh, he went to install some, and I think, you know, they got pulsing. I had to have them turned, and they are brand new. Uh, drums or just or drums and rotors? Uh, drums in particular. Yeah, you know, I've got to tell you, Jeremy, the, the drum thing has been that way in, in the almost 50 years I'm repairing cars, and I'm not sure why. And I agree. It's and it's a valid question that I still I will still machine a drum. I will I will start out maybe a three thousandths cut, something very light, and just to see what it looks like. And you know, for the amount of drums that we we still see, because everything is getting to be four wheel disc brake. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. You still see a drum or two, uh, you know, at around. And I'm not I mean, I'm not sure why. For the garage. Say again. I mean, for a guy working in their driveway, it's a nuisance, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I often wonder, and I, I always thought about it even when I was a kid, I wonder how they stack drums. I wonder how they ship them. You know, do they, is it is it that they're, you know, I imagine them coming off the assembly line, off the manufacturing, and they're, they're put in a box, and then, um, you know, they go down the conveyor belt, and I, I realize I'm just I'm, I'm guessing here, but I've always wondered this question: Do they get boxed up at the end? Is there a traffic jam and box after box hits box after box hits the drum and kind of knocks it? You know, it's think of the weight of a line of ten or twelve or fifteen, whatever drums it is, pushing against each other. That last guy down at the bottom's got a lot of weight on him. Is he slowly being pushed out of shape? And, well, and the last guy down at the bottom is the one that ends up having to turn the drum. Too. Right, and that's the one that you got to you end up turning the drum. And you know how are they handled from the time they come off the machine till they get to you? And I always wonder that. Rotors, so not so much. We very rarely have to cut new rotors out of the box. Mm-hmm. You know, but so yeah. what I experienced is not an anomaly. No, um, it, it, drums are an issue. I'll tell you the other thing that's kind of puzzling to me and it's it's not so much drums but it's a it's a subaru thing i've yet to do four-wheel brakes on a subaru use anybody's brake rotors other than subaru and not have to back cut the drum area where the parking brake shoe sits so that it doesn't rub the dust shield huh and I've had, dude, I have had conversations with engineers at every brake manufacturer that I can get my hands on. Um, every time I go to a trade show, they, I, I get into the booth and, you know, get up in their grill and say, hey, dude, you know, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. 
And, I, you know, nah, that never happens. We never get that complaint. Yeah, you know why? Nobody's got the time because we just back cut the drum. We, we cut the, we cut a little, you know, it won't take much. We'll probably take 15, 20 thousandths off. And the problem goes away. It's like they're just cast just a little bit too much. At first, I thought the backing plate was rusty, and it was you know it was an issue in that right. sense. That but yeah, I've had it with Subarus with no rust, and everything is high and dry as but I the, like to think. The OEM of it. ones still work fine though. The OEM ones work fine. So you, you know, is it is it the production tolerance? And yep. you know, it's it's. Nothing is held to as good a tolerance, I I feel, in certain companies in the aftermarket as they are in in, in the OE world. And well, I believe it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a real problem going forward. You wonder how the aftermarket companies are going to keep up. And the, and the crazy part is, I know in so many cases where the aftermarket companies are making the parts for the OEs, and they're just spe- yeah. So you know they can do it. Right, they can do it. They just choose yeah. not to. That's right, because we end up having to buy them anyway. Right, and yep. and as as long as people continue to you know purchase these things, um, it's it's just going to be there. But yeah, absolutely, I feel your pain. I really do, man. I'm well, sorry. Thanks a lot. So you're very welcome. You have a good rest of the day. Let's get over to uh, Larry in Iowa. Eleven GMC thirty five hundred. Yes, Larry. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Hey, sir. Um, I keep getting. I have uh, two different skiing tools. I have a generic uh, skiing tool, and then I ha- also have the, the the launch the X four thirty one the Pro Mini. Yeah, nice tool. Um, nice tool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like it a lot. Um, okay, so I keep getting a PO four four six. Okay. Um, and I've done the purging seal, and I've also done the service bay test with the skiing tool. Um, and it keeps coming back. It seems correct on the skiing tool. But it keeps coming back. So it passes it passes the test. Yeah. But and you clear the code, it passes the test and you drive it. And, and then it comes back. And then it comes back. And how long does it take to come back? Um, it usually like like if I fill it up, it, I mean it'll take a quarter of a tank of fuel. You know, probably probably about three or four days before it comes back. Okay. You've you've replaced the canister vent or the purge? Um, I replaced both, and and the fuel tank pressure sensor. Okay, um, if you if you because you know we're 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 looking at and we're measuring in inches of water, and we're 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 looking to measure this down to you know half an inch of water, which is you know six inches of water is equal to one inch of vacuum. So right. we're, we're we're splitting the hair. All right. If you run the engine, you know, looking at it at curb idle and bring up engine speed and open up the purge, does, you know, if you command the purge, do you see fuel tank pressure change? Yes. Yes. Okay. Both, both on um, like the voltage and, and the pressure. Okay. You don't have access to a smoke machine, do you? I do not. Okay. I do not. Um, um, I've also noted like on uh freeze frame, freeze frame data, I've noticed that when it sets the code, it says that the, the purge solenoid is commanded at 100%. So it's doing it cold when you start up. Actually, it's doing it during warm up. Where's, where's, where's coolant temperature about 160 degrees? 
158, I believe it was. Yeah. Oh. Um, so it's doing it. It's going to its purge event just before the engine comes off open loop operation. Uh, it's probably in open loop at that point. It's an 11. But you've pro- so see you've got you've got a leak somewhere other than vent and purge. That's the problem. And okay. Here's okay. A, here's a case where you you, you kind of need a smoke machine. Um, okay. I I have seen a few canisters fail. All right. I've actually okay. seen some of the, plas- the the seams on the Charles Curl canister um, split, but they split uh, cold weather, um, tough environment, and you know you you kind of want to see it under smoke, but and you may not even see it with a smoke machine. Not to not not to blow smoke, no pun intended. But right. um, uh, I, you know, it's it's you're 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 looking for something that's smaller than the thickness of a hair. In, t- okay. in terms okay. of a leak, so it's 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 nothing you're not going to see by visual eye. Yes, you could go through and make sure all the lines and fittings are are tight, but it's not seeing proper. It's it's seeing a very small leak, and it's it's seeing it um, when it goes into that purge event is the best way I can describe it. So okay. it's it's, okay. it's 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 anything at that moment. So um, okay. uh, that's that's so, that's kind of where you're at. Um. So, um, I mean, I know I don't have a smoke machine, but if, so like, but if I, you know, if I do get a smoke machine or whatever, or is there any way I could like, you know, cause if I take the line off the back of, you know, the, the, the line that comes up to the back of the purge valve, is that where you would hook up the smoke machine or blow yeah. smoke through there? Well, if, if your vehicle doesn't have a green service port, yeah. Okay. If it doesn't have a green service port, uh, which has a Schrader valve in it, we take the Schrader valve out because we can flow more smoke. Okay. So you know, let's let's just review it. Right. You've got an engine. You got a gas tank. You've got a vent line between the gas tank and the engine. Collects fumes. Right. Or it has the ability to collect fumes. Think of that as the vacuum cleaner line. All right. When the computer says, hey, I want to vent fumes out of the tank to keep them from going elsewhere, it opens up the purge. It will, under certain conditions, open up the vent so fresh air is drawn through the vent, through the canister. All right. From the canister, it's pulled into, that fresh air is pulled into the tank. And then the fumes in the tank are, if you want to think of it like this, pushed forward by the fresh air into that line leading the vacuum cleaner line leading up to the engine and the purge allows the fumes to be drawn into the engine to be burned. Right. Right. They have to, they have to open the vent because in theory, if they didn't open the vent and they sucked on it, they're going to pull the tank, you know, and collapse the tank. So we don't want to do that. All right? right. So, you know, that's, that's the basics of what and how this works. So when you put smoke into that vacuum cleaner line, you may have to, you know, follow the smoke, put smoke in, go back to the vent, you know, key, you know, with the engine off up in the air, the vent valve is going to be open, right? Okay. So you're going to find out where the vent valve line is simply by looking for smoke coming out of the end of the line. It's going to be a rubber tube. Is usually they bury it in a frame rail or sometimes it comes out direct. You've got to shut that vent. Sometimes I have to take the vent off, stick my finger in the hole, all right? And okay. or something, and then I look for leaks. 
The idea with a smoke machine is you're flowing smoke at a proportionate value. There's usually a flow meter or a little P in the line, a little black P that floats, rises, and, and falls, and you're looking for that P to be down at the bottom. Right. All right. So does that, does that make sense for you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So, um, you know what? Stay right where you are. I got one more thing I want to add to it, but let me pull over and take this pause. When I come back, we'll finish up. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Don't go anywhere. Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Larry in Iowa, you're still there, sir. Yes, sir. You know, one last thing I wanted to mention regarding this 11 GMC with the uh, uh, P0446. Um, have you seen GM Bulletin 150604002? Uh, no, sir, I have not. Get your hands on that. Read that. Okay. All right. Now, now part of the description there is that the fuel tank, the fuel tank's not hard to fill on this by chance, is it? I didn't think to ask that. No. Okay. No. Um, part of the description is that the fuel tank might be hard to fill, but it might have a P0446, P0455, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of codes. And they talk about ways to verify do you have, because they've come out with a redesigned vent valve also for some of these vehicles. So it's just, you know, for knowledge's sake, you know, research is such a big part of the business today that um, it wouldn't hurt to get your hands on and read that bulletin and and see what that tells you, too. Um, If you can't, if you do find a smoke machine, don't get smoke happy with it. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. (laughs) Um, Well, and the reason is they, they say that over a short period of time, they don't want us to smoke a vehicle more than twice in any given set time frame, simply because okay. smoke is a hydrocarbon-based substance, uh, what does the charcoal canister do? It absorbs hydrocarbon-based fumes, right? So right, you right. can actually you can actually damage the canister by putting smoke through the system too many times in too short okay. a period with 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 not enough uh, you know purge cycles. So um, so much so to the point. I'll just point this out real quick. A company by the name of ATS Automotive Test Solutions, Bernie Thompson, out in I think it's Colorado or uh, yeah Colorado or New Mexico. I forget. But um, he's got some interesting reads if you want to Google search that, uh, where he's come out with a machine that uses carbon dioxide and foam for leak okay. detecting. Um, it, it kind of a neat idea. We actually have the kit in the shop, and we've used it um, more than a few times, and it, it works quite well. It's an alternative to smoke, and sometimes we use it on air conditioning systems and, and, and other things that we're trying to find leaks for. So uh, uh, you may want to look right. at that, too. All right, kiddo? All right. Um, so... Um the the purge and seal test. What is the correct amount of decay? What when I do that? Well, the, the 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 tool is going to tell you. You should literally see. You know, when you do the purge and seal, if you're closing the purge and the seal, actually, you're closing the the vent, leaving the purge open. The engine runs. It's looking to pull vacuum in the tank, fuel tank pressure sensor down to a certain state of vacuum over a set time period. And then it then it caps the purge and it looks to see does it rise. If fuel tank pressure rises too quick, that's when it fails. That's a purge okay. and seal. So in theory, it's supposed to pull it down to whatever the number is, whatever it wants it to be for that vehicle, and then it's got to hold. Okay. All right. Okay. So oh, it holds it? Well it should hold. If it does, okay. if it doesn't hold, then it sounds like we've got a leak. Remember, it's a purge and seal. All right, okay. it's a, it's a, and then hold your breath, that kind of thing. All right, kiddo. Okay. 
So All right. Thank you happens, very much, Larry. sir. You're very welcome. You take good care. Let's get over and talk to Jeff in Minnesota. Look at this. It must be 97 Camry Day here on The Car Doctor. Jeff, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Not not bad, Ron. Good for you. Uh, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Um, this isn't so much of a question as it is that I found something out the hard way, and I thought it would be good to share it with guys so they don't make the same mistake. Sure. Uh, no, last time I talked to you was almost a year ago, about a 97 Chevrolet truck, uh, K1500, that steered too easy. And uh, it was one of those deals where you couldn't, it was a sensor on the power steering pump reservoir that ended up being, and you can't buy that part. No, so, you can't. Uh, I did. I did a salvage yard thing, and then and I fixed that one up just fine. Right. Now, this Camry that I ran into, same vintage, um, my son and his wife drive it, and it's, it's a hand-me-down. It's got a ton of miles on it. It's had a tight spot in the steering, and I, what's the first thing you think of? Well, it's the rack. Well, I thought, well, not so fast. So I disconnected the, the tie rods and um, turned uh, the knuckles, you know, to make sure it wasn't a ball joint or a bearing plate, and just assumed, which gets us in trouble a lot, that it was the rack. So I put a reman rack in it. Uh, went through all that um, malarkey, hooked it up, and flushed the fluid and everything, and started it up. And you know, I still had a tight spot. In that Sa- same, theory. same problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I chased this thing around for a while, and I thought, what am I doing wrong here? And uh, you know, that assuming thing. Um, sometimes I rush in there too quick, and I just figure it's got to be the rack. Make a long story short, <clears throat> this car has two U joints in the steering shaft, one on the cabin side and one on the fire engine side of the firewall the one on the engine side was frozen exactly half one side of it right so when you turn that it wouldn't be tight all the time it would be tight loose tight loose and it binds and the the mistake i made was i didn't check i didn't turn that steering lock to lock with the engine off now let me ask you this did you did you replace that coupling or i did you did okay i have a solution tell you what um Keep your radio on. We're going to pull over and take a pause. Um, We're going to say goodbye to you, but when we come back, you'll hear the solution. I've got a solution for that where sometimes that coupling doesn't have to be replaced. Um, And uh, it's just a cheaper alternative. So um, everybody stay put. I'm Ron Anany, The Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car, doctor. So, uh, for everyone out there listening, and we were we were just talking to um, I forget his name with the uh, '97 Camry. It was it was '97 Camry with Jeff from '97 uh, Camry from Minnesota about the uh, steering coupling that was getting tight. Um, you make up a batch of Ron soup. You get some you know PB blaster, and what you do is take the coupling off. Mark the coupling when you take it off because some of these are not indexed and they can go on in a multitude of positions. So I usually put a stake mark or a, or, or a punch mark um, on the ends where they come apart and, and, and mark it that way. And what I'll do is lay it out on a bench and rags underneath it on a shop towel and you know a little PB blaster or some sort of rust penetrant and allow it to soak. And, you know, flip it over, let it soak, flip it over, let it soak. You know, it's like a rotisserie. It, it might take a day, all right? And then find yourself a shop pan and fill it with a mixture, just enough to cover the top of the height with um, uh, some PB. I usually inject some PB or some kind of rust penetrant in there and transmission fluid. 
Transmission fluid does it works wonders. It really does. And soak that coupling in this mixture. All right. And there's no proportional mix here. It's just 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 a little of this and a little of that. And just soak it in that. You can also do the same thing with oil. Oil tends to be a little bit harder in terms of its viscosity. It doesn't flow as well. Trans fluid really gets in there. And you know, work it around and work the joint, and you'll find in time, in a lot of cases, it will free that coupling up. Now it's lubricated. Now put it back in the car. As long as there's no wear. You know, we've done this many times because that coupling, I've had some of those couplings from Toyota, 1100 bucks. They're not cheap. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a cheaper alternative. Some of the early Camrys or some of the, I'm sorry, some of the late 90s Camrys, you have to replace the, the column with the coupling. It's not a separate piece um, in terms of how it's available. So uh, in that case, soak it in the car at PB and brush on some trans fluid, flip it around like basting a turkey. Very appropriate this time of year. And, um, you know, that'll work too. So just a little bit of a cost savings factor because some of this stuff's out of control. James in Iowa. 01 Chevy Malibu, surge at highway speed. How can I help you today, sir? What's going on? Well, sir, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm a long-time listener. Thank uh, you. Uh, this car's got like 220,000 miles on it, uh, okay. Chevy 3.1. Right. Uh, Just broken in. Yeah, well, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I buy them that way, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, you can feel it just a little bit at uh, on the flat land, but when you get going up the hill... It's a it's a noticeable surge, and it seems like if if I drop it out of overdrive down to third gear where I get the RPMs up, it goes away. It's better, right? Yeah. So, uh, do you have a scan tool? I do. Um, have you looked at fuel trims when this is happening? I have not. Okay. Do you? Um, no insult intended. Do you understand the concept of fuel trim? Well, you you might want to remind me. Uh, I used to be a mechanic, but it's been quite a, I'm out quite okay. a few years. So. Did did you do um uh, did you take geometry in high school? Absolutely. And algebra. And yep. re- remember when they introduced us to those uh, that 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 number chart where it was zero in the middle and it was plus one and minus one and plus two and minus two and all that. And oh, oh and, yeah. And you said and you said, gee, where am I going to use that? Here's here's where you're here's where you're going to use it. All right, so zero is a balanced fuel mixture. All right, zero is you know fourteen point seven to one air fuel mixture. All right, so right. if we look at fuel trim on a scan tool, um, uh, typical short term fuel trim. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, nothing. Okay, so that's your that's your short term. Your memory is you had nothing for breakfast. You were zero. All right, so there's zero fuel trim. That's right now, this moment. What'd you have for dinner two weeks ago? You don't remember, but the point is, that's history. Okay? Long-term is history. Short-term is now. Short-term drives long-term. All right? You're going to see two numbers. You actually see four. You'll see short-term bank one, short-term bank two, long-term bank one, long-term bank two. All right? You want to look at both. Okay, you'll probably see because this is this sounds like a lean surge, and this will prove whether it is or not. If 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 long term fuel trim is somewhere around two three percent, and short term fuel trim is six eight percent, this is not a fuel trim issue. That sounds reasonable to me on a car with two hundred twenty thousand miles on it for the age of this. All right. If long term fuel trim is up in the 15, 18 percentile and short term is 10, 12, 15 percent, it's climbing. This car's got a vacuum leak. All right. 
and and it's back to those you know those those numbers in in, in algebra class zero plus one plus two the plus means it's adding fuel it's trying to compensate for a lean running condition uh, it's 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 off its base computer setting of it expects to see this much air volume or this much um, oxygen sensor content based on the sensor input that type of thing all right it's looking at mass airflow and o2 sensor and it's comparing and deciding what it should be based off its programming but if you see higher than normal numbers it's off base that means where's it coming from Maybe we've got a bad mass airflow sensor. Maybe we've got a bad mass airflow duct. Some of the things we can look at visually, but we've got to think about looking for a vacuum leak. So let me tell you this procedure real quick before we run out of time. Um, If you do have a scan tool and you think it's a a vacuum leak, pop the PCV valve out of the out of the valve cover. Seal it with a piece of seal that port with a piece of duct tape so it's sealed, and then seal the PCV port where it goes into the engine. Pull the dipstick tube. Start it up. If you've got a higher vacuum reading running, and as you increase engine speed, vacuum goes up, you've got a vacuum leak somewhere. You're pulling it probably, my guess is, from under the intake plenum, and you'll, you, you won't see it, all right? Um, now, you could also try this if you want to take a little bit of water or an atomizer bottle or a stream of water and start shooting around the intake ports and see if anything there changes engine speed. All right, um, not as accurate, not as fast. A bottle of propane with a pinched-off brake line in the end of it with the uh, propane enrichment tool I always talk about does help. This is where you're looking for this. Also, all the time, if you're shooting propane into it, you can also take a look at and um, be aware that you, you know, um, uh, you can look at it on a scan tool. If you shoot some propane into the engine, you can watch the scan tool uh, fuel trim change. That's, you know, use the tools you got. Yeah, you don't think it might be uh, maybe a, a coil pack breaking down on me, or why? Why would you think that? Prove prove your theory to me, brother. Uh, well, you, it's, get, you, what, it's what, Iowa. It's getting colder, and and I, and I know those those coil packs do break down. They do. Why aren't that, you Why aren't you getting a misfire fault? Well, that's very true. Okay. Does your scan tool it, Does your scan tool have mode six data in it? It does not. It's it's one of the cheaper versions. Okay. So, so and, and listen, you know, what you call a surge may be a misfire, but I'm interpreting it as a surge. Valid points. But I'll tell you what, um, looking at fuel trim, doing what I said, if fuel trim looks normal, James, absolutely spot on, like, you know, like I said, the short term is, you know, Three, four, five percent. Long term is two, three percent. It's it's nothing out of the ordinary. Guess what? It's not a vacuum leak. Then we can talk about something else. Sometimes, okay. sometimes diagnosing instead of looking for what's bad, prove what's prove prove what's right, and eliminate it. You know, yeah, I, well, and, and I do understand that. You know, when when you go to the doctor, what's the first thing they always do? Heart rate, blood pressure, um, you know, maybe an X-ray, uh, fluids, blood. Right? They look at everything. You don't go in there and say, you know, doc, my stomach hurts. He doesn't cut your stomach out right away, right? He looks at everything. Um, same thing, different model. Does the uh, uh, would the uh, once in a while I get a code for the downstream O2? 
Okay. What I don't do you, think that would cause that, would that? Well, it depends. Are you getting a performance fault, a heater circuit fault? What do you, you know, which which code are you getting? It's, it's a it's a performance fault. Well, you know what? Uh, downstream downstream O2 does on some vehicles, and I believe this one too, um, it does have an influence on fuel strategy. So it could. Uh, does the vehicle have an exhaust leak? No. Well, okay. uh, the muffler's bad on it. How All right, yeah, it? but that's downstream of the O2, unless we're getting a reversion issue, which I don't think you are. It's too far back. So, listen, diagnosis begins with the first step. First step, let's look at fuel trim and uh, let's see what's going on. So, um, you know, we'll kind of go from there. All right, kiddo? Good luck. All right. All right. Thanks, James. We appreciate the call. Hey, everybody. This segment of The Car Doctor was brought to you by Motocraft. You know, remember, you want to use Motocraft parts for all your repair and maintenance needs for close to five decades. The Motocraft name is stood for durability and quality. Motocraft parts offer OE-approved specifications and performance for all Ford and Lincoln repairs. Motocraft offers an extensive parts lineup, which means you'll find the right part with the right fit the first time, helping to reduce vehicle downtime. Motocraft, right part, priced right. Welcome back, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. By the way, get out to Facebook, check us out, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, and don't forget the website, cardoctorshow.com. Rich in Vermont, in the 86 S10 Chevy Blazer. Good, sir. What's going on? Oh, I got an S10 Blazer, uh, 86, 87, uh, V6, 2.8. Uh, uh, it's, uh, well, this one I got, I got a couple of them. Uh, this, uh, it's an automatic. Okay. And the problem is I put a new gas tank in it, New, new new pump in it, um, and it worked for a while, and then it shut down. And then uh, they, I was told that there's three modules on the left-hand side of the firewall. Some have two, some have one, some have three. Okay. And I, I got a couple of them. I set up, I buy the whole car if I can find them. So let me, let me ask you this, Rich, because we don't have a lot of time. Um, I know. So the car doesn't start, right? The car doesn't run right now? Not now, not after I did all that. It was running fine for a okay. while. Okay, so here, hear me out. So what is it missing? Does it have spark? Does it have fuel pressure? Does it crank normal? Oh, you can put your hand on a gas tank, and, and if it's running, it, it, you know, it, it wants to turn over, wants to turn over. And uh, it doesn't go dead. Uh, there's spark. But I think one of those modules has something to do with the gas tank. Well, do you have fuel pressure? Yes. So you have fuel pressure, okay? No, 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 no. The pump's not working because you can hear it. If you put your hand on a gas tank and underneath the ass, you can hear it. You can feel it if it's working. So it ain't working. Okay, so the fuel pump's not turning on. Right, right, right. That, there we go. It's, it's something like that. Okay. I've done it. Well, on, well, wait, I have a time, 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 brother. Um, it can't be something like that. Either the fuel pump's working or it's not. So then the next question is, and I think what you're talking about when you're saying modules, I think you're talking about relays up on the passenger side of the firewall because that's where the relay bank was. So do we have, you know, listen, this is this is basic. Let me, let me leave it here because we're going to run out of time. Um, this is basic. Do we have spark? If we have spark at a, at, a, at, a, at a plug wire, we've got spark. If we don't have fuel pressure, then we've got a pump issue, okay? Let's go back to the tank. Do we have power, power and ground, at the connector for the fuel pump? Yes or no, okay? Um, if we have a scan tool and we plug in a scan tool, can we read cranking RPM while you're trying to start it? If we can, 
then we can be pretty confident that we're getting proper signal out of the ignition module to the PCM. It, it, it sees crank, and it should be energizing, grounding the fuel pump relay, causing the truck to run. If we have power at the fuel pump connector in the back, power and ground, right, uh, electrical motor, if we have power and ground and the pump doesn't run, why can't we just have a bad new pump? So let's, you know, let's get away from hearsay. Let's get away from woulda, coulda, shoulda. And let's think about how this circuit works. I don't care if it's a car, a, um, a, a, a motorcycle, a boat, or a lawnmower. Spark, fuel, mechanical. If it doesn't have fuel, how does that fuel pump circuit work? You've got to get a wiring diagram. And I'm more than glad to send you one. Send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Include the 17-digit VIN. I'm sure I can come up with a wiring diagram for this and take you through this before you just start buying modules on the right side of the firewall. That doesn't work. But just just think your thought process through, brother. Um, power at the fuel pump, yes, no, yes. Uh, you know, Do we have a bad pump just because you put it in the truck? It was new when you put it in. New means, as we all know, never, ever worked. I'm Ron Anning, The Car Doctor. Back to round it up right after this. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Um, boy, quick two hours, right? Today, last hour just kind of flew by. A couple of things, a little housekeeping. So uh, next week, um, the 17th of November, if you are uh, happen to be in Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach Convention Center, the car doctor is going to be there live next Saturday um, doing a live broadcast as we uh, you know bring next week's show right from the floor of the convention center looking at all the uh, antiques, hot rods, classics, motorcycles, trucks, customs, and uh, all the hot rods that are going to be down there uh, Virginia Beachway. So we're looking forward to that. The car doctor's putting the wheels on the garage and taking it on the road. So we're going to be doing that. We're getting out of here. So you may be able to, you know what, show up. You may be able to ask me a live question right from the floor and watch me do this instead of having us surrounded by a booth and warm, friendly faces. Well, sort of warm, friendly faces. Um, you get to see me do this thing live. Well, wonder if it should, wonder if it'll actually work. Hope I get my beauty sleep uh, face made for radio. This could be rough. Um, but anyway, we're doing that next weekend and uh, I'll miss Tom and Mikey. They'll be back here at home base uh, making it work as they uh, do their magic on that side of the glass. So um, let's do this quick piece of email. Hey, Ron, I got a 2015 Acadia. My wife has a 2015 Equinox. One family trip to Yosemite this past summer. My wife says, hey, your AC doesn't work as well as mine. I know I said, but it catches up. This comes to us from Craig. I've always had both cars dealer service. I don't trust the quick oil change places to do the right thing. I understand that. This fall, I bought snow tires, very nice place, clean waiting room, polite smile, greeting. So I mentioned that the frost was taking too long and the fan sounded slow. Feeling foolish, but the owner asked me, you know, after all this time, and I'd had the car serviced on a regular basis, when I changed the cabin filter, I said, I have one? All this time at the dealer, they tried to sell me brake jobs that weren't needed, struts that weren't needed, engine air filters not needed, but never checked the cabin air filter. Oh, well, makes a big difference now. I have to keep the fan at half position. And by the way, I went out to Wixfilters.com and I purchased a Wix filter, a Wix cabin air filter, using their um, using their uh, cabin filtration system, their Pure Air technology. And boy, it sure smells good inside my uh, 2015 Acadia. Craig. You know, Craig, sometimes it's the simple things that uh, make it work, right? It's... We overlook the obvious, right? And it's it's what I always say: show me what's good, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you what's bad. And uh, just diagnose, diagnose, diagnose. It begins at all levels. It's sometimes it starts with, hey, I got to open the front door. I got to put my foot and my hand out and turn the knob. It's just the way it works. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. Boy, it's been a great time being here this week. Till the next time. Good mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. See ya.